17th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 119 The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Let your steadfast love become my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me, that I may live, for your law is my delight. Truly I love your commandments more than gold, more than fine gold. Truly I direct my steps by all your precepts. I hate every false way. Your decrees are wonderful. Therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Reading the Word First reading First Kings chapter 3 At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in, and your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. Second reading, Romans chapter 8. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Gospel Matthew chapter 13 Jesus said to the crowds, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
in search of fine pills. On finding one pill of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bed. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous, and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes, and he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Hearing the word, the treasure. Today's liturgy focuses on the theme of correctly identifying and choosing the true and lasting values, which the gospel calls the treasure. The first reading reports a decisive moment at the beginning of Solomon's reign. He had just been appointed the king, replacing his aging father, David. Solomon knew that he was young and inexperienced and needed God's help to rule the kingdom effectively. To secure this help, he did two things. First, he went to a place called Gibeon and offered a burnt offering to God, thus confirming his decision to follow in the footsteps of his father David through loving the Lord with the whole heart. Second, when God responding to this act of reverence, appeared to him in a dream by night. Solomon asked for an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. He asked for a wise and discerning mind so that he would be able to complete his mission of leading God's people well. God was pleased with this unselfish request which reflected the young king's concern for the people and the kingdom, rather than for his own glory. Not only did God grant his request for wisdom, but also promised him other benefits, which he had not explicitly requested. Solomon's choice represents a very accurate identification of the true values in life. Requesting skills and abilities, he needed to live a life pleasing to God and beneficial to others. He showed that he valued God and others most. The second reading completes chapter 8 of Romans, following his statements on the sustaining presence of the Holy Spirit, which we reflected upon last Sunday. Paul concludes the description of the Christian life with a triumphant hymn of absolute trust and confidence in God. He begins with a solemn affirmation that we know this knowledge is not a result of human reasoning, but an insight given by the Holy Spirit 
regarding God's plan of salvation. On the basis of this knowledge, Paul declares that all things work together for good for those who love God. This means that both the difficulties and suffering he mentioned before, all other positive life experiences ultimately lead to the same end, final salvation. He makes this claim because of his unshakable conviction that those who became Christians were called by God to this life because God loved them. And if God loved them, then nothing could possibly deprive them of the final victory of God's love, their salvation. Not surprisingly, Paul concludes this section with the memorable words, For I am convinced that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love, the crucial theme in this passage, relates to the foreknowledge Paul mentions. According to the Jewish understanding, to say that God foreknew those who loved him means that he loved them first. Since he loved them, he also predestined them. This difficult term means that God, from the beginning of time, set the believers apart for a special purpose, salvation. Paul decrees that the Christian life, the believers were called to has been intended for them by God from the beginning of time, with the definitive purpose of leading them to union with God in eternity. How are the Christians to respond to this astonishing gift? In this passage, Paul implies that the response needed is to love God back. Here the Christians are defined as those who love God and are conformed to the image of His God's Son, Jesus Christ. Being conformed to Christ means essentially believing in Him and shaping one's life according to His example and according to His teaching. According to this greeting, the true values that make human life worthwhile lie in loving God and conforming oneself to Jesus. These values are true because they lead to eternal life in God's presence. The Gospel passage concludes the third major discourse of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, called the Sermon on the Kingdom of Heaven, delivered almost entirely in parables. The three parables we read today are among the shortest ones in this sermon. The first two, treasure hidden in the field, and a merchant in search of fine pearls, demonstrate the surpassing value of God's kingdom, while the third one, a net thrown into the sea, adds an eschatological application to this message. The kingdom of heaven, in the Methian view, is all about the search for God while living in the present world. Since Jesus is the one who brought this kingdom to earth, it means adherence to Jesus and his teaching becomes the sure way to find God and place oneself 
under God's rule. Such focus should dominate human life. Much like the hidden treasure and the precious pearl dominated the life of the farmer and the merchant in the parables. Moreover, such focus is what makes a person righteous in this life, and that will have consequences at the end of times, where there will be a separation between those who truly belonged to the kingdom, the righteous, and those who did not take the kingdom seriously, the evil. Jesus ended his teaching on this subject with the question, Have you understood all this? The disciples gave an affirmative answer, showing that they understood that the true and most important value for life is that which makes a person a member of God's kingdom. Jesus glossed the entire speech in parables with a cryptic reference to the scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven, who brings out of his treasure things both new and old. In the Matthew Gospel, this phrase refers to the valuable and important teachings of both the Old Testament scripture and Jesus' own teaching, which the disciples are to rely on while living out their discipleship. The source of the true values for those who want to live is the teaching of God and Jesus contained in the scripture of both testaments. The treasure, a word we repeated twice in the gospel, is something very valuable that a person holds dearest. Nothing that is unworthy, meaningless and useless becomes a part of one's treasure. In the context of today's readings, we could speak of the treasure as those values and activities that make a person a member of God's kingdom. For Solomon, wisdom and discernment were the most valuable treasure he desired in order to be a good king. Paul saw the love for God and conformity to Christ as the greatest values. These values allow a person to be certain of possessing the greatest treasure ever, eternal salvation. Jesus taught that what makes a person partake in God's kingdom is of the greatest value and the most treasure to search for, because as he stated, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Indeed, the search for the greatest treasure might be summarized in the words of the psalmist. Truly, I love your commandments more than gold, more than fine gold. Truly, I direct my steps by all your precepts. Listening to the Word of God The theme for our reflection this Sunday captures very well the concept of treasure as something of great value. Put differently, a treasure is something very close to our hearts, which we hold in high esteem and cherish most. For the Maasai's of Kenya and the Fulani's of Nigeria, cows are what they treasure most. For us Christians, it is those everyday activities 
and values that give us the identity as God's children. As we have observed in the readings, for Solomon being a good king entailed living out the values of wisdom and right judgment. For Paul, to be a good Christian was to love God, who had loved us first, and be conformed to Christ. Jesus told us that to be full partakers of the kingdom of God, we need to search for it as the greatest value. As we move through life, carrying out our daily activities, we have a lot of things that concern us. Among the many things that we possess, there is usually one that we hold close to our heart or cherish the most. Today, some adore electronic gadgets, such as smartphones, iPad, tablets, and the latest trending fashion. These are the kinds of things that we seek to identify ourselves with. A young person can do whatever it takes to make sure they get the latest gadgets or words, and war to the person who will destroy or spoil those. Yet the question is, do you own that gadget, or does the gadget own you? We give thanks to God for technology. However, technology should not own us. We should own it, and through it remember God, the greatest treasure that our hearts should always look for. Let us seek Him first before created things. Paul tells us that we should have absolute trust and confidence in God, who created us and by His love has called us to be Christians. Knowing this, he declared that all things work together for good for those who love God. Jesus in the Gospel reminds us that, as partakers in the Kingdom, we ought to search for the greatest value, which is the Kingdom, by authentically living out the values of the Gospel in our own concrete situations. There is a Nigerian proverb which says that a person does not wander far away from where his meat is roasting. In the Gospel, Jesus says, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Thus, our one and only treasure should be the desire for the kingdom of God in all that we do. The greatest value, which is the kingdom of God, should be very close to our hearts. We should never wander far away from it, but always remember to come back to it whenever we go astray. A person does not wander far away from where his means is roasting. Action Self-examination What do I cherish most in my life? Does it lead me closer to God or away from Him? How does it affect my relationship with the others? Response to God As young Catholics, we are invited to make the gospel values come alive in our life through a reflective reading of the Word of God. Today I will commit myself 
to try to put into practice one specific gospel value by being compassionate to others. Response to your world. Choose a friend or a family member that you feel needs more attention and then show him or her that you really treasure and value them. As a group, each person should read and discuss one value that can be found in the Bible, especially in the parables, and afterwards, share it during your meeting. Try to, ritually, switch off all gadgets during this precious moment of reading God's Word. God our Father, we thank you for the gift of your Word to us today. You loved us first and called us to be imitators of your Son, Jesus. Help us to put into practice that which we have reflected on today so that we may be authentic Christians as we carry out our daily activities. By being compassionate and loving to others, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.